Welcome to Lo-Fi Bedtime Fairy Tales. How are you thinking? I hope you are thinking well. The tale from this episode is about a collection of clothing who will teach us all an important lesson. And that is that all of us have our own purpose and that no matter where we come from, what size we are, or what color we are, we all have to work together to help one another. I believe that you may erupt in unplanned giggles while learning new things as you listen to this story. If you like this tale, I recommend that you listen to a terrific interpretation of it by my friends Thomas Mitchell and Paxton Stanley over at Planet Storytime Podcast. I encourage digging on many of their glorious episodes. So, please listen with all of your might to Wilhelmina's Wondrous Wardrobe. And remember to do things today to make tomorrow better. Wilhelmina's Wondrous Wardrobe Once there was a girl named Wilhelmina. She preferred to be called different names by different people. Her granny called her by her full name. Her mother would use Willie. Her friends usually shouted, Mina! And her best friend, Hooli, would giggle and declare her to be Helmy. So you could say she was comfortable responding to many names as long as they weren't Stinky, Meanie, or Arnold. She had her limits. We'll call her Mina in this story since I think she'd like that. Heck, she may even fancy it. Fancy. Mina kept all of her clothes in a wardrobe in her bedroom. She did this because the closet in her room was used for storage. Mina and her mother lived in a small apartment and had to be smart about how they used their space. Her wardrobe was made of dark reddish wood and had been in her family for generations. Inside of her wardrobe were her shirts, shorts, skirts, sweaters, shoes, and other garments that do not start with the letter S. I think you may be able to guess what they are because you likely own them too. She called her wardrobe the robe and could do so without any concern of anyone misunderstanding what she meant because she did not own a robe. She didn't like robes and thought they were for people trying to be too casual at home when being at home is always being casual. There was one thing that Mina did not know about her clothes and this was a very big special secret. Special secret time! If it were to get out, then the whole world would change forever. And ever. And ever. And ever. And ever. You can read the story, but you cannot tell anyone anything. Not even your hedgehog Stanley or your favorite pillow Cedric. 
I don't think people would believe you anyway. They may think your brain is no longer working correctly and may make you go all the way back to kindergarten to relearn everything again. Or perhaps have you start kindergarten before you were ready. Enough talking about school. School. Her clothes, all of them, had personalities and feelings. They could even speak to one another. Amazing, isn't it? Once clothes have an owner, they are able to come to life in this way. They do not have to be worn, not even once, in order to come alive. And they love to take baths. Unlike some people that I've known and smelled. P.U. Now you may be wondering how I know all of this. Well, my family has been tailors to all the kings and queens, presidents and premiers, and anyone who has ever ruled a country since before they started naming the stars in the sky. It was discovered by accident and ever since then, the secret has been passed down to each generation. I can never tell the story of how this was discovered. We all have to have at least one secret we never tell. So, with that incredible information, it's time for me to tell you the terrific tale of Wilhelmina's Wondrous Wardrobe. Wilhelmina's wondrous wardrobe Wilhelmina's magical times Wilhelmina's wondrous wardrobe You should listen, it tells no lies Mina's wardrobe had all sorts of clothes and no matter what purpose they served, where they came from, or whatever color they were, they all got along well with one another. Sally, the red short-sleeved shirt from Arkansas, wouldn't want to be rude to Bella, the blue jeans from Italy, in case they were to go on a day-long journey with Mina, right? Some of the clothes just looked better together, too. Stephanie, the soccer shorts, and Jerry, the soccer jersey, just looked perfect together, and I don't think it had anything to do with them being both from Georgia. Even though Jerry was green and Stephanie was orange, it was as if they were made to be together. They even became kind of sporty since their purpose was for sport. Some of the clothes could get a tad jealous of others that were worn more often than others, but they understood that they all had to follow the rule. I'll tell you that later, you sweet purple potato. Oh, you sweet purple potato, you. The clothes all loved helping Mina look grand, and they could meet other people's clothing in doing so. Even the mismatched sock mornings might bring an adventure for twins who were paired with another twin for the day. Making new friends was really special for the clothes just as much as it was for Mina. Benny, the brown bandana from California, Terry, the white tennis shoes from Indonesia, and Ruby, the rainbow hoodie from the United Kingdom, usually get the most outings, and some folks may say that they were Mina's favorites. I certainly wouldn't say or even sing it. Those clothes just seemed to be more useful to Mina most of the time. She could wear them to school, 
for sleepovers and even when she thought about going to the dentist. As if those three got along well and were always very generous in telling everyone else what happened during their times out of the robe. None of the clothes minded if a friend borrowed them for a wear either. That way they could meet new clothes and see new people and new things. They all thought being worn by Hooli was a hoot. The clothes really liked new experiences and wouldn't even turn down a chance going to the creek on a muddy morning to try and catch some craw daddies and even craw mommies too. I would like to provide you with some more information in case you have some questions on things. The clothes that Mina wore had no concern of going into the trash once she grew out of them. Mina was 11. I think I forgot to tell you that. She'll be 12 later this year. She can't wait. Her mother was a very considerate person and thought of others when she made decisions. She always gave away or donated Mina's outgrown clothes to friends, family, or thrift stores. Little did she know that she was keeping the clothes alive for generations. Even Betty, the bell-bottomed jeans with peace patches and grass stains from across three time zones, has been to three families since Mina outgrew her. Whenever a brand new article of clothes made its debut in The Robe, Mina's current clothing would reassure it by telling it this good news. There was the vintage burgundy beret from another lifetime that would regale the robes residents with tales from other times from foreign lands with delightful accents. Beatrix was her name, and she would calm any jumpy jumper's concerns about having a short time in the robe. Some clothes actually looked forward to moving to a new home because they could help somebody else and live a new life. There were rumors. Rumors. That's what Scarlet the Scarf did by slumping deep into an auditorium seat in the hope she would end up being in the future plays and musicals performed there. The only fear the clothing ever had was the dreaded sticky chocolate sauce Mina's granny used on her special psychedelic Sundays. <laughs> and exploded with flavor and color. Oranges, kiwis, strawberries, blueberries, bananas, whipped cream, pistachios, and pink sherbet with an artistic drizzle of chocolate sauce. Yes, no cherries. Mina had her limits, remember? Ruby came home one day to report on Carly, the cornflower shirt, falling prey to this diabolical sauce, and no miracle of mighty scrubbing with the strongest of soaps could save her. Now she is a rag in Granny's kitchen, living a different sort of life, with only a couple other dish rags to chat about crepes, casseroles, and cornflakes. Sadly, there was one article of clothing in the robe who felt like she had no purpose at all, her name was Desdemona, and she was a gloriously gorgeous violet dress. I truly think that her name is so pretty. She felt despondent because she never left the robe and was only tried on once by Mina at a fancy schmancy boutique 
that Mina's granny took her to on special occasions. Desdemona was on sale that day, but that didn't mean that she was cheap in all the meanings that that may mean. That was a silly way to say things. I, I love, love doing, doing that. that. Ruby and Carrie, the cream-colored corduroys, consistently made certain to tell Desdemona all the details of what they saw and did. She always knew the fries were French, and if they were curly, regular, skinny as a straw, or spicy as a pepper's booger, if it matters. Mina did not pick her nose, but she did pick her friends for kickball. Desdemona would be sad when the robe opened and closed and she stayed put. She now had the fear that she would never be worn by Mina and would be given away to someone else who would not like her too. She felt ugly. No one else was Violet. Was that it? All the clothes would remark on just how radiant she was and that they knew she would be worn. Even the sometimes obnoxious Alfie, the baby blue Corsican cardigan that Mina wore most days that she could write her name on the icy window, never rubbed it into Desdemona because he knew the rule. We all have our own special functions or skills, no matter our size, color, or where we come from, and we all have to be good and work together to make things the best they can be. For the clothes, it meant helping Mina look good and feel good about herself. With people like us, that rule would mean that no matter who we are, what we look like, or where we come from, we can all work together to all help all of us have better lives, all of our lives. Pretty simple. Seems as simple as drinking a glass of water to me, even when you're not thirsty. Beatrix would often wake in the morning and wish Desdemona a good day, hoping it would be her day to shine. Desdemona appreciated this and kept her faith, but she was becoming nervous that she would never get a chance to do her part. This was true, especially the afternoon that Tinny, the black tights, became a resident of the robe. Tinny was from Canada and immediately became friends with everybody. Oh, friends! Benny told her that she could go with so many outfits like she does, but she would probably be more for nighttime events or special days since she was considered to be formal wear, like Desdemona. Desdemona moaned when she heard that and exclaimed, That'll be the day. Beatrix started humming a melody from many years ago, and all the clothes listened and appreciated it. Three afternoons later, the robe opened and Mina's mother started shoving all the clothes back and forth. The clothes knew that she was up to something and it was important because she usually looked at the clothes without touching them. First, she yanked Terry, the tennis shoes out, and set them down. Tinny was next and felt so excited. She was about to lose control and I think she liked it. Then came the moment we have all hoped for. She gently began taking Desdemona off her hanger and held her up in the air like a baby right out of the bathtub. Mina's mother marveled at how well Desdemona would look on Mina now that Mina is taller. Just after school, 
Mina began putting on this special ensemble. They looked so good together. They were so happy to help Mina look what some may say a bit grown up for the first time in her life. Mina gazed at herself in the mirror and if she would have listened with all of the ears of earth, she would have heard whispers that were actually the cheers and huzzas from the robe in celebration for Desdemona. That night was Mina's promotion ceremony to junior high and was the celebration spanning several zip codes. Desdemona and Tinny met so many other clothes that they could hardly keep names straight. Terry knew most of the other clothing and just played it cool with simple subs on multiple occasions. They saw so many new things and went to so many new places that it was like three weeks in three hours. Mina took all of her clothing compliments in a very mature manner and remarked on how she always tries to look nice. Multiple people told Mina that her purple or indigo or violet dress made her eyes look the hue of a sky that Monet would have painted. Mina knew this was artsy stuff, and it had to be a good thing. This night was as sweet as a butterscotch bite. Yummy! When the evening was over, the robe was buzzing like a beehive on free honey day. Desdemona was given the floor, and she hummed with excitement and asked Tinny to tell her side of the night, too. Tinny gushed with delight that she was able to speak to everyone, even though she was a newcomer to the robe. Naturally, Terry had their one-liners and witty descriptors, as that's what all the clothes expected from them. Terry did mention that Jan, a pair of dress shoes, said they felt like a water balloon with an extra gallon of hot tea in it and thought that they would split at the seams if the owner did not have a seat. Olivia, the olive green Oxford from Honduras, nearly burst a button when she heard that. Or ripped a zipper or screamed at the seams. Desdemona was so proud that her time had finally come so she could be useful. She was so glad to meet all the other sorts of clothes and see that they all could work together to help one another. Right before she fell asleep, Desdemona heard Mina's mother say that Mina better make sure Desdemona is clean because Huli would be borrowing her for a cousin's wedding next week in New York City. Desdemona was so excited. She really liked Huli and was glad to be useful again. She hoped that New York City was a place that had some interesting clothing and things to see. And I wish the best for you.